Do you use slides in your classroom? I'm talking anything from an agenda slide to using them as a teaching tool or to give students an idea of what they need to do for an activity. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how you can use daily slides in your classroom to help students succeed. Let's get started. Welcome to Solving for the Undefined podcast. I'm your host, Johanna, founder of Miss Kuiper's Classroom the place that equips teachers in creating a healthy math classroom where students can thrive, no matter their academic abilities. But it's not always about the numbers, and that's why I'm here, bringing you the formulas to solve your problems, math and otherwise, plus strategies on cultivating that necessary math mindset. And that's what you can count on. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 37. I'm excited to share with you today all about daily slides. I've been using them in my classroom since partway through my first year of teaching when another teacher showed them to me and I was obsessed. In typical Johanna fashion, I kind of dove all in and started using them immediately. And over my years of teaching, I have refined them to be something that I think every teacher needs to use. Plus, recently I shared a video on TikTok about my attendance brackets and I had a picture of my daily slides in there and a lot of people were interested in what those are. And I realized I didn't have anything to share with them about how or what my daily slides looked like. So that is the goal of today's episode. First, let's talk about what slides are. And I'm not necessarily saying like, Google Slides versus PowerPoint, but I'm talking about what these slides are used for within the classroom. So I have three main categories of different slides that I use. I have an intro slide, a warm-up slide, and a work time slide. The intro slide is something my students see as soon as they come into the classroom. So no matter if it's first period, second period, or the last period of the day, this is the first thing students see when they walk into the classroom and I have five things on the intro slide. I have the learning target, today's date, the material students need for the class period, the bell ringer or attendance bracket vote, and the joke of the day. If you do not do the attendance bracket yet in your classroom, you can switch that out for your agenda or something else that you want students to see right when they walk in the door. Next is the warm-up slide. Now this is the slide that houses the warm-up. It's not a super complicated name. But on this warm-up slide, it has what they're doing, how to do it, where to do it, the problem or the visual of the activity, and a timer, plus what to do when they're done. Let's go ahead and break down that what to do, how to do it, and where to do it. So that what to do is kind of specifically what it says. What are you asking your students to do? And I typically keep it very brief here saying, do the warm up that's on page 72 or complete problems one through three located on this paper. That way they're getting the brief information of what you are asking them to do. The visual that you have on this slide is going to reinforce whatever words you have here. So if you're asking them to complete the warm-up problem, have a picture of the warm-up on that slide. Then we need to include the how to do it. And this refers to 
who do you want the students to do this with? Is it by themselves, with their partner, with their team? What materials do you want students to use? Are they using a calculator? Do they need a ruler, a specific manipulative? Do they need their book or their notebook? All of this goes in the how to do it. Oh, and voice level. So if you use a voice level chart in your classroom, like zero is no talking, one is whispering, or with just with a partner, etc., put this here as well. So say voice level two. That way they know they're talking with their partner or group, whatever your level two is. And then that where to do it piece is where are they completing their assignment? Is it in their notebook? Is it on a handout paper? Is it on their Chromebooks? And where should they be? Should they be in their desk, in their assigned seat? Can they choose where they sit? Are they at their vertical whiteboards? This would also go in the where to do it. Now that we've talked about the what, how, and where to do it for the warm-up slide, let's talk about the done section or what to do when finished. In this section, you can put a couple different things. One, what do they do with the assignment when they're done? Like if you're doing a self-checking Google Sheets activity, do you want them to share it with you? Do you have an online portal where they need to submit it? What do you want them to actually do with the activity? And then what should they do when they're done? Do you have like a fast finisher activity? Do you want them to move on to the next problems? Or if you're doing just a warm-up, having them close your notebook to show that you're done. Give the teacher a thumbs up. Or I had this really good idea with talking with my mom the other day, but think about like those red solo cups. You can also get other colors. And if you do teams or groups of three, having a red and a green one on their desk kind of stacked together. And red is showing if they are working and green is if they are done. And maybe even implementing a third color like yellow, meaning they're stuck and they need help. That way for you as the teacher, you have a visual of where all of your teams are at. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. And then the last thing on the warm-up slide is the timer. Now for warm-ups, I generally do three to five minutes. I don't like having a warm-up go longer than that because it's just to warm up their brain, review what we did yesterday, bring in that spiral review. It's not something that's supposed to take longer than that amount of time. Plus, the timer not only keeps me on track, knowing that this is what the pacing needs to be for today's lesson, but it also helps students realize how long they're taking to complete a problem. When I talked about putting a timer on my slides, I had a lot of pushback from some people saying that it can cause anxiety or it isn't a helpful tool. And I understand for some students seeing a timer count down while they're trying to rush and finish can be very anxiety inducing. That's why at the beginning of the year I set up that these timers are not, you have to finish in this amount of time, but it's more of a guide to tell us how long we have to work on it and it can fluctuate to less or more depending on where everyone's at. It's just a starting point for me as the teacher to keep us moving along through the day. So that is the warm-up slide. And moving into like the work time slide, the only major difference between the warm-up and the work time is that the work time might be a little bit more broad. For the warm-up, I'm asking them to do one set of problems or just a single problem. 
So I'm going to have to be as detailed as possible on that slide. But for the work time slide, I might just say, work on page 54, or complete the activity you found on Canvas. It's very general. It still has that same structure of what to do, how to do it, where to do it, a visual of what the activity is, the timer, and what to do when they're done. And I know this episode is all about how to use daily slides, but the work time agenda or to-do list, so to speak, if you heard me talk about these before, you might have heard me call them exit directions. For the work time, because it's very broad, it's not super specific, it can be done on a sticky note if you don't have time to type this all out beforehand. Unlike the intro slide or the warm-up slide, you'll want to probably have those done beforehand because they are more detailed. But the work time can be just quickly jotted on a sticky note, note card, whiteboard, etc. Would you love to have a library of resources that your students actually love? Resources that are, you know, engaging, tailor-made for your students, and easy to use? It's totally possible, and the best person for the job is you. You are the best person to create resources for your students because you know them best. My friend Lindsay, at Lindsay Bowden, has opened the doors to her online course, Math Resource Academy. In Math Resource Academy, she empowers math teachers to create beautiful printable and digital math resources for their students or to sell online. This course includes 50 tutorial videos, principal guided notes, clip art, fonts, an exclusive Facebook group, and my favorite part, 65 ready-to-use templates. This course has everything you need to create a library of tailor-made resources that your students will love. Doors close this Sunday, July 31st at midnight Eastern Standard Time. Do not miss out on this fabulous opportunity. Join here at misskypersclassroom.com MRA. Now that you might have a better idea of what these daily slides are and what components they hold, Let's talk about how I use them because I'm very intentional with what goes on them for my students. I want my slides to have the most impact while taking up the least amount of real estate. So that intro slide just has five quick things. The learning target gives them a snapshot of what we're kind of working on today. Plus within this learning target, I it's a reading strategy from Avid. I don't remember what it's called but where you highlight certain words within that learning target and do like a, a choral reading of it. So I would say the words in black and my students would read the highlighted words and it's kind of like a fill in the blank. Plus my students are also required to write them down in their planner for all of their classes. So this gives them an easy visual when they come into class, they get out their planner and write down their learning target. My goal with the materials needed section on the intro slide is to have students bring those materials to their desk before the bell rings. I know that's not a reality for every student, especially those who come in tardy, but my goal is to give them an idea of what they're going to need for the day. And then I place the bell ringer bracket or I, I call them attendance brackets, but some people got confused of I'm I'm bracketing their attendance to see which student in the end has the most perfect attendance. So I'm trying to rebrand it a little bit and call it a bell ringer bracket or a bell ringer attendance bracket. 
So I'm gonna might I might interchange them a little bit. But I put this on the intro screen so that way students can start formulating which one they want to vote for. So when it comes time for my student to come up and lead the vote, they're ready to go. And the joke of the day is there because I love math jokes, therefore I'm gonna make my students love them too. The intro slide is mostly there to show students what they're going to be doing today, give them a snapshot, because I'm gonna be at the door greeting students, not actively in the classroom during passing time. The warm-up slide and the work time slide are more interactive for me. Here's what I mean by that. When I am walking students through what I need them to do for the warm-up, I am actively looking at the slides and referencing the slides. If the students see me referencing the slides and answering their questions based on what the slides say, they're more likely to then look to them first before asking me a question because most of the time their questions can easily be answered by reading what's on the slides. If you've taken any Envoy classes by Michael Grinder or have heard me mention it, I do this using a frozen hand freeze body motion. So my eyes are where my hand is because if you look at a crowd of students with your eyeballs, they're gonna look at your eyes, not where your hand is. We are trained to look at eyes and faces just as a natural human instinct. So if you have a hand on the screen, but your eyes are on your students, they're not looking where you're pointing. So your hand has to follow your eyes reading what's on the slide. And this might make more sense if you actually see a picture of my slides if you've never seen them before. Another way of how I use my slides is if a student during our work time asks me a question and the answer is on the slides, I do not verbally answer them. It's one of my biggest pet peeves I see other teachers do is if you want students to rely on something you've made, these exit directions, these to-do lists, these slides, you need to stop verbally responding to them. You can non-verbally point your hand to the screen. You can add, look at right up here, pause, have them look. Can you read me what this says? Or just then turn to look at them, see that they understand. But if you verbally respond to them, they, you're teaching them, your slides do not matter. I am the end all be all. My words are more powerful than what's on the slide. I know that can seem a little overbearing, but trust me, that's how it works. It came up when I was talking about, I write the page number on the board and some people were like, well, my students still ask me and they don't ever read it. This is why. If you do not refer back to this non-verbally, you do not say the page number after it's written on the board. They are gonna continue to ask rather than depend on what you wrote on the board. As you might tell, I'm a little bit passionate about that idea. So if that came off strong, I mean it. If you have questions about that, please let me know. I'm happy to walk through further what that means. Lastly, I wanna talk about why I use these. I kinda mentioned it in my heated little rant there. Why I use these slides is because I want students to be independent of me. If I am putting these slides up there, it is giving them all the necessary information they will need to successfully complete the task. What they're doing, how to do it, where to do it, what to do when they're done, how much time are we taking for this? It's all on the slide. That way it's no longer them asking me clerical questions and I'm allowed to focus on more mathematical academic questions. Because as a teacher, 
that's what my job is. I want to spend my time focusing on helping students engage academically and do this through deepening their understanding of math and help them love it, not answering what page are we on? What do I do when I'm done? No, no, no. That's not for me anymore. It's on the slide. My students know this. And a small perk of training my students to rely on the slides rather than me for these clerical questions, when I have a sub, they don't have to ask the sub these things because I've made the slides, the sub knows where it is, the students know where it is, they are good to go. And that is how I use slides in my classroom. If you would like to have your own slides and you've seen mine before and you're like, those are pretty awesome. I wish I could do that. You can because I have a free download template that you can use. It's editable. I have the instructions of how to use it. I have examples. It's ready to go for you to use in your classroom. I will link that in the description as well as the show notes on my website. If you would like to download that, that is there for you. And as always, I'll calculate her. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. To find all the links and resources to things talked about in this episode, head on over to MissKuypersClassroom.com and click on podcast.